Hey everybody, welcome to We Gotta Talk, or should I say Benvenuti? She is living her worst best, her worst best Italian life. I'm coming to you hot and nasty and live from um, the Mandarin Oriental Hotel in Milan, which is which is a sight for sore eyes. Um, we have been on leg one, the great Italian getaway. And let me just tell you something. They don't make toilets in Europe like they make them in the States. <laughs> One of the many things that I noticed um, while traveling abroad, in addition to the many fabulous things, which we're going to get to, as well as questions on the Adventures by Disney portion of this trip was the first week that we did, which was like all organized by Disney. Uh, we have to talk about the bathrooms. We got to talk shitters. Um, you know, there are a lot of things we're spoiled by in America and the modern bathroom situation is one of them. That is not to say that what is happening here isn't fully functional and just fine, but there's something about, it's like a thinner rim situation, like less, what am I looking for? Like square footage to sit on, less, you know, leg slash cheek to toilet ratio. They're just giving you a little perch you know, you just got to like kind of perch there. And it's, they seem to be either really low to the ground or really high to the ground. It's just, and you know, the flushers are always like, you know, at home they're attached, right? You got the silver flusher. It's like right on the commode. It's right on, on the tank, on the water tank. You know, they're in the walls. It's just, it's fine. It's totally fine. But I have been squeezed into bathrooms with two children. So three people total in smaller spaces than I ever dared think possible over the past week because <laughs> anyway, here we are. My ass is back on a great toilet in the Mandarin Oriental. And we are on, let me see, I think the fourth location in the past week. You're going to have to bear with me because the days have been blending. I fully thought it was, I don't know. I keep thinking it's either Thursday or Saturday every day, just one or the other. I have lost all concept of time between the time change and the mad dash between cities that we've been making. Um, it's just been a little dicey on the, you know, on, I, I've been just really, my body's been re-regulating. So we're six hours ahead here. Um, we're doing great, guys. It's been a really fun week. As you know, we've been planning this for a while now. This was sort of my brainchild um, in a, a long-term plan to try to convince Andrew to, to plug back into my ancestral roots over here in Italy. and. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm like, we should take this trip and really figure out like what part of the country we like. And I know where my people are from and all that stuff, but let's explore. And, you know, he came up with this amazing itinerary and, um, you know, I I'm grateful that he was able to get it all planned and all set up for us. And it's been great. Um, but I had to pop in with a quick episode because there's just so much has happened and it's been really, really fun and it's been really, really busy and crazy. There's just so much I want to talk to you guys about. So I'll pop back in at the end of the next leg of our trip, which is going to be another, I don't know, 10 days from now. It's all blurry. I think it's 10 days from now. Hold on. Let me check. I'm recording this on the 14th. So maybe 12 days from now. We'll see if I survive. Um, traveling with kids is a real, it's a real thing. Okay, I am I'm fortunate to be able to do this. So don't don't get me wrong. I feel really grateful that we're able to bring the kids, but um it's uh oh man. Okay, so first things first. And bear with me because I am experiencing that post sea boat rocking feeling like my blood 
is is shifting in my body right now because we just spent the past two days in Venice. And guys, I can't. Every time I sit down, it's like it's like I'm in the hull. It's like I'm um in the hull of a ship. It's like I'm on a pirate ship, which we did do last night too. By the way, we had a final cruise on the waters of Venice that Disney arranged that took us all through the archipelago. How's that for a 25 cent word of Venice, like out through the waters around, um, is it an island? I don't, I'm not quite sure. I feel like I should know that by this point, but you know, past the main area around the little islands and we were out there for about three hours and I, I honestly feel like I'm rocking on a boat. Did not get seasick, thank goodness. How do people live in that city is my question. I, it's really, um, I know how they live. They walk and they're fitter than anyone in America. <laughs> That's how. That's probably how they're they're less reliant on, you know, the cars and the little scooter things. You don't see anyone on a pint in Venice. There's no pinting. I didn't even I didn't see a single scooter in Venice. I didn't see a skateboard. I just saw people like, you know, just huffing it the old way, walking point A to point B. Um, oh my God, but it's wild. I'm sitting still right now and I feel like we're still rocking. Um, so anyway, here we are. First five days, Rome. Um, which was just, which was really fun, but, um, really, really hot. Um, Florence for a day, Venice for a couple of days, and now we're in Milan. I'm so confused because I feel like we're missing, oh, Tuscany. We squeezed Tuscany in there too. So basically, okay, where was I? She's back. Hold on. What? Yeah, sure. I'll be right there. Let's just give me a few minutes here. Okay. Andrew left to go ship a bunch of stuff back to the United States, but we have accumulated stuff like you you just would not believe. Now, the pack job was great. I'm not going to lie. All the kids' clothing in one carry-on. Three children in one carry-on for like probably three weeks worth of stuff. All of my clothing in one carry-on. But then we had this massive other bag. Um, I haven't quite perfected the art, but I got really close to the minimal packing situation. But I didn't account for the extra, you know, the extra pair of sandals that the kids would need and the toiletries and this stuff. So anyway, he's, he's, he's not here right now. So we're going to hear kids in the background. Um, yeah. So, um, it's been a great couple of weeks, guys. I would say if you are interested in coming to Italy with your family in the summer, the first thing you need to know is you're going to sweat. Everything will be wet and dripping with sweat. The backs of your knees, your forehead, your big toe, the top of your shoulder. I mean, like, it is hot. It is hot. Um, in Rome, we stayed at a place called the Grand Malia, which was like kind of on the outskirts of the city of Rome, which is absolutely beautiful. This gorgeous pool in the center. Um, like a historic slash modern feel. It was an entirely, um, like, villa feeling, for lack of a better word. Like, you still got the feeling of, like, an ultra-modern lobby and bar and restaurant. The food was excellent. A lot of sort of outdoor communal space kind of thing. But it still had, you know, it wasn't like in America things are big. I mean, we're we're big. People are big. Spaces are big. Toilets are big. We've been over this. Um, so it's just still, you know, it's still a little cramped. It's still a little whatever. Um, so we started off the trip and I have to I have to think deeply here because it's it's been a long couple of days, but all right, interruption number two. <laughs> she was calling for the money. I'm trying to work hard here. It's, just, it's not easy with kids in the next room. Anyhow, day one, we did uh, the Castel St. Angelo, which is um, like an ancient castle that uh, 
popes like over the past several thousand years have either inhabited or used in some sort of secretive, strange, popey Catholic way. Um, it housed a lot of beautiful artwork and history. It's known for being the place that has a secret passageway from, I believe, the Pope's quarters in the Vatican to it. So it's this whole long passageway that should there have been an attack on an attempted, an, an, an attempt on the Pope's life at some point or other attack of some sort, he had the ability to sort of escape back and forth between these two things. It was gorgeous. My kids were not ready for the amount of heat that, heat and walking that was involved in that day, but it was really, really gorgeous. We learned the hard lesson that day. I learned the hard lesson that day that I have no spine when it comes to um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like people who are trying to sell you things on the street, on the street. So we're walking across the bridge to go to Castle St. Angelo. And I, um, I see these guys dressed up in gladiator outfits and, you know, I'm like, oh, it's great. You know, <laughs> Just, it would be like standing in Times Square with a naked cowboy. Like I know to walk past. I know that if I'm, you know, indulging in anything, it's probably going to cost me five bucks. Um, so the gladiators run up. They, they pretty much grab the children. Um, one grabs my six-year-old and puts her up on a, on a lift, like cheerleader styles, hold her up with one arm. The others are... The other two kids all of a sudden have swords in their hand and they're doing like a faux battle with the other gladiator. And I snap a bunch of pictures and it's wonderful. And it's the cutest thing ever. And they're like, okay, now you give us the money. You give us the money for the pictures. You do not just take the picture. I'm like, okay, sure. You know, hey, I didn't convert any money yet. So all I have is American dollars. So like the total psycho that I am, I just opened my wallet right there. And all I had was, I mean, I don't have a ton of cash there, but a 20 and a couple of tens. And I'm like, listen, guys, I know it's not Euro, but like, how's 10 bucks each? You would have thought that I'd slapped them across the face, stepped on their toe and like kicked them in the nuts. Like they were offended that I was only giving them $20, $20. Like where I come from, that's a lot of money for this picture. So completely swindled. Three steps later, we are swarmed by everyone else who's giving, who are giving away free bracelets or free trinkets. And it was very embarrassing because I... I just kind of stood there and I, I keep thinking that I, you know, I'm like some wise cosmopolitan travel person and I'm just not. I'm suckered into everything. So lesson learned, don't stop and talk to the people on the bridge unless you want to pay $20 for a picture that while great and captures a moment in time will also remind you of your spineless existence because it's just, it's not pretty. We did the Coliseum, which was amazing. Last time Andrew and I were in Italy, we did not get a chance to actually go inside. That was another time I was swindled too, by the way. I feel we were almost fully human trafficked. Last year coming to Rome, we were dragged to a remote-ish sort of location by a man selling tickets for the Coliseum that he promised were like ground entry, immediate access. And he's like, you just have to follow me. And then he stood there for a while and he dragged us away from the crowd. It was a whole thing. I must, I must have sucker stamped across my forehead. Then anyway, point being, we didn't get to go into the Coliseum last year. And I, I didn't, at least. Andrew maybe had seen it at some time prior. But with Disney, because they they have the keys to the kingdom, quite literally, um, we were able to get in and not only get in, but get in um, on the ground floor, like where the gladiators were able to enter when they were fighting back in the day. Now, I'm a sucker for an, a, a, a historical moment. 
Um, and I don't know if I'm making this up or if I genuinely feel it. I do feel that it was, it was genuine. The energy in that place is just very intense. They show you the quarters where the gladiators and the animals that were set to fight them were sort of stored underground for lack of a better word. Like they would be like anterooms per se, like, you know, the backstage area of a theater, they would put them in the ground instead. And they had these elaborate pulley systems set up so that gladiators would be waiting sort of in one quadrant or one room underneath the floor of the Colosseum and the animals were on the other side. And at any moment they could lift the pulleys and they could sort of lift them up from the floor. Like Taylor Swift just comes out of the floor for a concert. Um, except, you know, not to like a deadly lion and an emperor deciding her fate with a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Um, but very intense energy and really, really cool to be there. They showed us the emperor's box where he would give, like I said, like the thumbs up or the thumbs down and decide whether or not the gladiator would live or die. Um, they walked us through, um, you know, like the the sort of wings, like the the seating areas and the concourse areas, just very cool. I mean, when I tell you crowded, it was like shoulder to shoulder in some points and really, really no relief from the heat. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about, we do, what we did, and then I'm going to double back and chat a little bit about the the Adventures by Disney portion of this trip, which was um, how we did this first week, essentially. Um, so we went from Rome to uh, to Tuscany, spent a couple of days in Tuscany. We made pasta um, by hand. Um, you know, you would think I'd be better for being for having seen women do this my whole life. <laughs> Like, I grew up eating homemade pasta. You know, it wasn't like an every week kind of thing, but my mom did it, my grandmas did it. Um, I'm not great, as it turns out. I mean, I'm not bad, but full body sweat by the time I was done. You start with two handfuls of flour, two handfuls of like semolina, which is like a like a cruder, sort of grittier flour, two eggs, and you make a volcano, and then you make a hole in the volcano, and you put your egg yolks in, and you just sort of hand knead it until it's, you know, flat thin as a piece of paper, then you roll it and you cut it and you dry it. And it's the whole thing. It was wonderful. Again, a really cool experience that they organized. Uh, my son kicked ass in pasta making. I would have had our family starving because I had a shame. You know, you're supposed to roll it out from the center. You get it to a texture that's like Play-Doh. You roll it out from the center of that ball outward, right? And you just keep flipping the dough in a motion that kind of keeps the symmetrical shape of it. My son had a perfect circle. My daughters did great too. I had a cowhide at the end of it. I wanted to draw on like, you know, black and white. It, it was it was in the shape of a of a slaughtered cow. It was it was pretty awful. The consistency was good, but um it's a lot hotter than it looks. So that was a pretty fun experience. We did um oh gosh, I have to think back here. We did time in Florence, which was amazing. We saw the Statue of David, which was beautiful. Again, um they had us in and out relatively quickly. Um, we really didn't stay too much longer in the museum in Florence beyond seeing that statue because we were on sort of a, a tightened schedule due to some schedule conflicts. Oh my God, how could I forget this? And okay, this is what makes Adventures by Disney worth it. If you're a history buff, if you're if you're a Catholic that's like super into your your faith or your faith tradition, you really want to see the Sistine Chapel, Disney got us into a private viewing of the Sistine Chapel right first thing in the morning. I don't want to say sunrise because it was after, but we were the first people into the building. We sat alone in the Sistine Chapel 
for probably 40 minutes gazing upward with our tour guides explaining every sort of last detail of all the panels. It was incredible, guys. I'm not, um, you know, I'm, I'm huge into history and huge into learning, like the the story behind um, the influence of the artwork and, you know, I, anything related to, um, you know, like the background and the history of of the place we're in, I really want to know about. And um, it really, really, really made it worth it. Last year when Andrew and I walked through the Sistine Chapel, we were literally in and out in 90 seconds and sort of pushed through by a throng of people. And it was hot and it was nasty and it was really, really hard to stop and pause and look upward. Um, this alone makes the trip really, really worth it in some ways. Again, if that's something that you really want to see, we did the Vatican museums too. Anyway, completely forgot to mention that in the Rome portion. It's the heat stroke is getting to me. <laughs> anyway, we did Florence and then we did Venice, of course, which was the last couple of days. Absolutely beautiful to see that city for the first time. Um, you know, it's very tourist heavy. I don't know if it's because of the layout of that city and because you're inevitably compressed because the streets are you know, literal water. So the, the pedestrian traffic is inevitably sort of compressed to the walkways and the plazas and the standing areas. But it felt really like it felt hotter in Venice to me. It felt like hotter, stickier. It could have been the water, proximity of water too with humidity. I don't know. Felt like there were more people. I think, again, it's because of the sort of layout of the city. But that being said, it was probably my favorite city experience of them all. Um, we got to do this cool mask making experience where they allow you to pick out a plain blaster mask and then paint it. And the um, like sort of artisan of the shop takes it and dresses it up further for you. And you're sent home with these gorgeous like masquerade masks. I think there's some, there is some history tied to that. You have to forgive my ignorance on it, but um, you know, in Venice everywhere you see the masks and of course the Venetian glass and all this stuff. So it was really cool. Um, so here's a couple of things we have to talk about with regards to the Adventures by Disney portion of this. So when Andrew and I were looking to book this trip, we were first like, you know, we kind of want to do it on our own. We want to make this work for us in a way that, um, you know, fits our family best. The kids are 10, 8, and 6. And we knew that there would inevitably be some challenges, you know, to getting around. Um, Disney suggests the minimum age for their adventures trips to be six, meaning like, I mean, technically you can do it when your kids are at any point or stage or age, but based on the amount of walking and activity, they suggest a minimum age of six. And I will say, I would not do this trip with a six-year-old again. <laughs> um, there's a lot of walking. This was a fantastic trip. Our guides were excellent, excellent. I, I fell in love with them. They're just two wonderful women. One um, you know, a native Italian speaker and one, an American who is a Disney worker who we absolutely love. Um, but they keep you moving at a clip. And we had to bow out of several activities because of exhaustion. A lot of times Andrew was carrying our six-year-old on his shoulders through the city streets. There was one point where he had a backpack on his back, on his front, and a child on the shoulders. And I don't know how many HJs I'm going to have to give out to like make up for the amount of work that he's had to do. <laughs> on this trip, it's insane. It was a lot of caring of children, of one child in particular. Um, but 
listen, I mean, you go in and you sign up for these kind of things, for the experience, for the access, for the ability to do things that for an individual would take hours of planning. So there's an upside, which is that, like I said, the access to the Sistine Chapel, for example, um, in the morning alone, walking through the Vatican Museum's completely, completely unbothered. Like we were the only group in there. Absolutely insane access. Um, access to the Colosseum floor, like we, like I mentioned when we were um, also in Rome, which isn't something that every group gets to do either. Um, staying in a really family-friendly hotel, they make sure that they vet sort of the best locations that are friendly to kids. And they even have some sort of specialty menu items for kids too. But you are, you're, on a, you're on a schedule, like, and you don't have to do everything, but I'm saying they have every sort of, they have every block of time really accounted for. Um, so for example, the morning that we went to uh, the Vatican, I believe those, the days are blurring together, like I said, but the first full day we were there, Vatican, it's called, it's all coming back to me now. Hold on. Meatloaf style. Okay. Yes. First full day there was supposed to be we did St. Peter's, which was in the Vatican in the morning. And then I believe the group went on to do something. Oh, they made it, they, I don't know, they did a walking tour through the Vatican. We had, to, we had to bow out. We were not fully adjusted to the time. The kids were completely batty. I mean, if you have children, you know that exhaustion just can really like work an ember on their focus and their attention. And they were just like, they were batty. So we bowed out of that. We bowed out of uh, a dinner at a castle in Tuscany. I came home that night from, this was after the pasta making experience. And I was so sick from the bus ride. Like we were on this nice coach, air conditioned, thank God, but the twisting, winding roads. <gasps> I mean, I'm not even faint of heart or weak of stomach. And I was so sick. So we had to bow out of that night. There were a lot of things that we had to sort of decide to not do because the kids, it, it was a lot. It was a lot for a six-year-old. Um, the youngest age of child outside of our group, I believe, was, I don't know, 10. There were a couple of nine-year-olds maybe and a 10-year-old. But anyway, six is young. I wouldn't, um, if I were to do another um, Adventures by Disney trip with a child, I would really... I'd have a better feel now for what she could handle. And it's going to vary by child. Like you can, um, you know, you can have a kid who's completely sort of ready to go and, and has no issue whatsoever with an overscheduled day or anything like that. But for our child at that time, it was, whew, it was, it was a lot the past week. So we're at the end. We just finished the Adventures by Disney portion of it. Um, I would suggest it, but I would just sort of take note of that fact that you can choose to do what you want, but they are very packed days. Now, I will say this. They ended things last night in Venice with this um, pirate ship cruise. It sounds so cheesy. It was not. It was It was gorgeous and fun, despite the fact that my blood still feels like it's rocking on a sailboat, like my internal liquid is still... I don't know. It's like bobbing and weaving somehow to the tune of the sea. It was so fun. It was probably, oh gosh, it was over three hours. They had a DJ on board. We danced, we ate. Um, and we finally got to know the rest of the travel group, which was really cool for the longest time, for the for the longest time, she says, referencing a week-long trip, um, for like five of the seven days, it was hard for us to like 
spend any appreciable amount of time or have deep conversations with too many people because we were attending to one or more of the kids' needs really at any given point. But last night they were relaxed and they got to know some of the other kids. And it was just one of those days where it was like, oh, wish we would have had like two more days with the group. But here we are. Leg two begins. Lake Como's next and another stay in Tuscany is coming up. So um, so yeah, I would say that, and I'm going to check back in after we do our own thing for the next couple of weeks and let you know how that goes. But for the most part, it was a really, really positive experience. The only negative, not, not even negative thing, but difficult part of the experience being our specific issues, which were the age of our kids. Um, yeah. So anyway, before I left, I asked you guys what you wanted to know while we're here in Italy and anything that I can share. And I have a couple of things that I want to run through. Number one, essential travel products, like things that have saved our sanity on this trip. So I'm going to run through that. And then I will probably, um, oh, and a little bit about beauty too. I was going to say, I probably will pop back on and do like specific, um, if you have any other specific questions sort of trip related, we can handle that. But let me just go through what you guys have already asked for. Um, so when I asked, what do you want to hear about? One woman said the men. So let's talk about, let's talk about Italian men. Um, this is going to be done from the most respectful perspective because, you know, I got a man's and he's cute and he's awesome. And I mean this in no disrespect, but I'm going to say the Italian men not so bad. Um, here's something I specifically noticed. Um, the men here have more hair and I don't mean body hair than American men. They have more head hair. Like there, I have, I maybe could count on two hands, barely one hand, the amount of bald men that I have seen in Italy so far. This is wild. Does it come back to the stuff that we put in our, in our, food system and in our dairy products, I don't know. I have no idea what to attribute it to, like a better food system or a more relaxed life, la dolce vita. I, what is it? The men here have gorgeous heads of hair. I even said it to Andrew the other day. I'm like, he thinks that I'm fully on helium, but he's like, I really hadn't noticed that. And I was like, just take a peek around. Lush, gorgeous, full heads of hair. Further proof that they just do it right in Italy in so many ways. Like something is impacting their lifestyle in a positive way. Um, that is something too that I will say. Being here and witnessing the way that people slow down to eat and relax and um, and, and take moments to sort of connect with people. There's there's very little like when, when you're having a conversation with someone, there's very little sort of things done in passing without intent or without emotion or meaning of some sort. Like it's a stereotype that Italian people are over-emotive and engaging and speak with their hands and have big feelings and cry and laugh and scream. And we do. Like, and coming here has been the biggest validation for my big feelings ever. Frankly, like, I mean, uh, people, I, like, we had the sweetest Italian tour guide and she was crying at the end of it. And I was like, this feels like me. This feels like something I would do. Like, there is, um, people take a moment to connect and to look you in the eye and to slow down a little bit and enjoy their meals and, you know, enjoy their, I don't know, there's something about it. But the men in response to Summer who asked this question on Instagram, what I can tell you about the men without, you know, my husband immediately filing divorce papers is that they have hair, like a lot of great hair. 
and there's not a lot of baldies. So there you go. There you go, Samar. Come over and snag yourself an Italian man. <laughs> okay. Um, someone asked about my beauty travel routine too. So this is what I may do a separate episode about, but what I've noticed here coming in the summertime with the amount of heat and humidity, um, I ended up not using a lot of the beauty products that I bought, specifically the powder-based ones. So if you're coming in a time where it, it's hot and muggy and humid, I would not suggest bringing powders, cakey things, things that can sort of make the texture of your skin look not great when you sweat through them and clog your pores. Um, I have been able to find some amazing beauty products, which I detailed a little bit on Instagram, and I'll try to link in show notes as well. The problem is they're not available for purchase a lot of times in the States, but I'll at least write their names. Um, but what I've been doing every day is um, my oil cleanse. I only have been cleansing my face once a day here at the end of the day with my living libation sea buckthorn oil, which is like a sort of specific routine that I have posted on Instagram before. And I'll try to link that reel for you guys to check out, but it's basically a sea buckthorn oil cleansing oil that you put onto dry skin, you work it in really well, and you wipe it off with a washcloth. And that has been great for my skin. And then in the daytime, I'm using this Eucerin SPF 50. It's a chemical-based screen. Who is she? She comes to Italy and she changes. I swear, I live by a zinc oxide-based SPF in Florida because the chemical sunscreens just completely ruin my skin. But this one does not. Lo and behold, there is something going on in the ingredients approved for European beauty products that just works better with my skin. So I've been using that during the daytime and only half the time have I been using a tinted moisturizer on top of that. Yesterday I went no makeup at all. Not a single, like not a concealer, not a mascara, nothing. And just used that Eucerin SPF on my face and it was bellissima. Like I can't even, not my face, but like my skin, it was it was great. So I will link the name of it. It's um, Eucerin SPF 50 Hydro Protect. It's like a drugstore product here. Um, it was like 25 euro. Um, and I would say focus on the basics coming here. I have been using cream eyeshadows because again, I don't want to mess with brushes and, you know, like a pencil liner. I've been using cream shadows from either Bobbi Brown or Charlotte Tilbury. Blended with my finger if I want a little bit of dimension mascara. Um, a lash curler, and my products, my 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 Too Faced products. When I want to add a little color, I've been using the Chantecaille Liquid Gelée Blush in Happy. It's like a really, really sheer, sort of like light coral color, really natural looking, and that's it. I mean, you're, you're, you know, I don't feel good having a lot of makeup on in a hot situation, in a hot climate, and that combination has been amazing for my skin. Oh, 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 and... To tell you about this. Um, I've also been testing a new Dr. Whitney Bow beauty product that has been doing wonders for my skin. She just released this product. I will link this in show notes. It's called Asta C. It's a combination of astaxanthin, which is an, an incredibly powerful antioxidant that works really good in um, mitigating free radical damage. So, you know, like blocks the bad things from sort of bothering your skin. Um, combined with vitamin C, my skin hates vitamin C, if I'm honest in any other product. But the combination of these two, my skin has been brighter and luminous. And I really attribute not having to wear makeup to the combination of this Dr. Whitney Bow vitamin C product plus this new SPF that I've been using. And I will continue this routine when I get home and report back. But basically, travel beauty routine, keep it simple. Um, 
I love a cleansing balm for travel too, um, because there's no risk of it opening and spilling. So if you don't want to go the cleansing oil route, um, I love my living libations, but I understand not everybody likes that feeling. Grab a small <clears throat> travel size balm or cleanser of your preference. Get a great SPF. Get yourself some cream eyeshadows and stick with that. They travel so easily. They don't break like a powder shadow would. You can use them as color and as liner. Like the most flexible set of eye products. Get a great mascara. And listen, call it a day. A liquid blush too, like um, in a tube or in a pot, something you can just sort of tap, tap, tap into the skin. And of course, I you know, brought along a couple of liners. I believe I brought my Charlotte Tilbury Pillow Talk lip liner, this really great nude um, gloss by Luna Naster, which is uh, a, a Blue Mercury in-house makeup brand. Excuse me, mama. Mama, I'm recording something. <laughs> They're everywhere. Like I can't get away. I might fully be committed after this trip. Okay. You have to keep it quiet. So that's the basic beauty travel routine. Keep it simple. I would have packed a lot less now that I know what I've actually used. Those would be the essential products. Um, oh, and my uh, Supergoop Glow Stick SPF, which I've used on the kids' faces. Again, do I love a chemical screen? Not really. My kids' skin actually reacts to it sometimes. That one has been knock on wood. Okay, so far. So rather than travel with like a, a tube of SPF, grab a stick, whether it's zinc oxide or that one by Supergoop. Um, it goes on completely clear. Keep it simple. Um, someone else said... Tell us about the differences in food. Okay, I've waxed poetic about the dairy products in Italy far too many times to count them out. I mean, I've been on Instagram talking about my cappuccinos as if they were like the second coming. It There is a flavor to the milk and therefore the gelato and the cheese and the butter, everything dairy-based here that is so distinct and rich and creamy and delicious beyond what anything you can find in the U.S. that it, it truly blows my mind. Now, I look forward to coffee, not because I need the feeling of waking up. I wake up just fine, usually with a child falling onto some part of my body in my bed. Um, so I don't need it to wake up, but I always, I, I like the taste of coffee. Um, looking forward to my morning cappuccino here has been the single driving factor after otherwise really, really long and hot and grueling days. It's richer, it's creamier, it is just... There was something about it. They got happy cows in Italy. So I fully suggest, even if you're dairy sensitive, puts on her doctor hat, offers unsolicited medical advice, um, eat the dairy, okay? If you're not sensitive, you know, if you, it doesn't actually make you sick. There's some people that are have to avoid it for medical reasons. But if you're doing it to keep a trim waistline, you know, just don't, okay? <laughs> it's going to be worth, it's going to be worth every, every bite and more. And I know you hear people say this too, and I don't know this to be true because I don't haven't stepped on a scale and don't plan to, but there are plenty of people who come to Italy, eat the food in normal or, or more amounts than normal and say that they either lose weight or maintain their weight. And that has been, you guys listen, I'm so sorry. Another distraction. All I'm trying to say is eat the damn dairy, Linda, in Italy, okay? Put your diet to the side. It's worth it. It's worth every delicious bite. And who knows, if you gain a couple LBs or whatever they call kilogram, I mean, it is what it is, you know? La Dolce Vita, you live once. Oh, all of the trite sayings just 
squeezed into one sentence there for you. Um, okay, let's do one more quick question, and then we're going to get on to essential travel products that you guys need if you are traveling, especially traveling for a long time with multiple people with no access to laundry services. Um, oh yeah, travel tips and what what is their lifestyle like? Hmm, um, it's amazing. I'm just going to leave it at that. Listen, I, I, I'm biased. You're talking to an Italian-American person here. Um, I think we have a lot to learn from the Italians. I think it's not as modern and as convenient here to live and to get around. And some may consider that a downside. I certainly do at times, you know, i.e. toilets, you know, the public toilet. I just let, just let me just talk a little bit more about the, the toilet situation. The public restroom situation please know that you have to pee before you leave the hotel. Um, you're going to have to pee when you're out in public. It is not pleasant. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so hung up on It's just really, it's just different. That's all. Um, molto diversi. It's very different. A diverso. I don't know. I'm mixing up all my words here. Um, okay, so we'll get to the rest of the specific questions. And I do want to do a, an Italy sort of beauty travel roundup and hopefully find links for you guys and places that you might be able to get some of this. But anyway, um, let's move on finally to the things that have saved my life on this trip so far. So um, we did great unpacking, like I said, able to get a lot into a little space. Um, but there are three things that have allowed us to do that. Number one, compression travel bags. Shout out to Chelsea a stylist that I have worked with who helps me sort of like put together what I have. Um, she's not coming in and we're not buying thousands of gel. Like every time I say stylist, people get all, it is, she, she helps me put my shit together. Okay. Um, and she is really great at not only putting together the outfits that I have with, with items that I already own, but finding sort of holes in the wardrobe that we need to fill with other basics. And also she tells me, you know, things that, sort of make it easier to travel. So these two of these must have travel items are her suggestion. The first is these travel bags. So uh, I've been literally waxing poetic about these compression plastic travel bags on on uh, Instagram. You need to buy them. If you are a person who travels at all, I mean, you don't even really, I, I guess if you're going somewhere quickly and you don't want to deal with um, potentially wrinkling your stuff. That's one thing. But if you're going for an extended period of time, if you're traveling with children and you want to pack more, um, you need to get these. They allow you to pack so much in such a small space that it is truly, truly wild. I, I'm going to try to sort of count in my head quickly the amount of items that I've had that I've been able to pack entirely in a carry-on because of these travel bags. I want to say, I mean, I have a pair of jeans, two pairs of jean shorts, a pair of bike shorts, a unitard. I mean, you know what I mean? Like a one piece, I don't know, jumper thing, another pair of pants, another pair of linen shorts and a full length. So that's eight bottoms, right? And probably eight to 10 tops um, that I've been able to, and, and that's not counting, and all my underwear, all my socks, all my bras in one carry-on because of these compression bags. So essentially what you do is they're like a thicker sort of, for lack of a better word, coarser kind of crinklier plastic. And it's like a giant, really strong Ziploc bag with a really strong seal on one side. And what you do is you roll it and it like lets out the air. I don't know how that sounded on a microphone, but I hope, hope I didn't crack your eardrums, but it lets the air out. 
like a compression, you know, like a vacuum would otherwise, except you don't need it. All you do is like do the rolling motion and it lets out all of the air. It gets everything so like tight and compressed. They're amazing. I think they're $14 for 10. So please spend your money on these if you're going to be traveling and you need space. Um, it is, they have been a lifesaver. So every time we get to a new destination and we've been in five so far, um, all I do is I take out every kid and I labeled the bags. So each bag has a name on it. I lay out their separate bags and we pick their outfits from there. At the end of it, I fold everything really nicely, put it back in, let out the air, <laughs> like that sound effect, and fold it back in. And it goes back to its small size. They're reusable. They're durable. They are lifesavers. Please get these. I will link these in show notes. The second must-have item if you're traveling with children or on a long trip is the hand steamer. I've used this less than I thought I would, to be honest, because um, even with the hand washing, stuff has dried really well in the sun. But because you're inevitably going to get some wrinkles, for example, in your linens and other sort of delicate fabrics, um, I have a hand steamer by Nori which I'll link in show notes. It's kind of like a flat iron. It releases steam through little holes and it has that same like tongue setup that, um, you know, like a flat iron does. Big downside here is that you, if you have a larger clothing item, it's hard to like reach up to the middle of it with this. And I'm sure there's a technique that I just haven't discovered or mastered yet. Probably now that I think about it, probably you would just get the middle part and then iron as you go down and sort of iron out the wrinkles that you get when you push the fabric up. But anyway, it's been a lifesaver. I've been able to iron out my linens or steam out my linens, which are the only items of clothing that really need to sort of be pressed or straightened out. So that's another must-have item. It's on the bigger side, but it was able to fit actually in my carry-on with all of the aforementioned clothing and underwear and socks and whatever. So it's small enough to like sort of fit in the crevice of a of a of a great suitcase. So, or, you know, of a deep suitcase. Um, so that's item number two. Items number three, these are kind of two smallish products that are in the same category. Number one, a great stain remover, stain treater. And number two, uh, a wrinkle releasing spray. It's like so simple. Um, again, Chelsea, the stylist coming through with an amazing tip on the best stain remover that I've literally ever seen. I just used it on the white spread in the hotel that we just checked into because they had some complimentary fruit. And what did my children do? They took it and they smeared it onto the white bed spread. And I thought to myself, ooh, that's very tacky. And Andrew said, you should try that stain remover on it. It removed it in less than 10 seconds. I mean, it's it's Houdini level magic. It is that good. You spray it on, you scrape it a little with your fingernail. If you're washing your clothes, of course, you would follow up with a wash. I cannot wash the duvet in the hotel. But the stain is out and it's gone. It, it, it's ma it's it's insane. So I will link it. It's um, called Miss Mouth's Stain Treater. It's like for kids um, and it's non-toxic. I have never seen anything work better. It is pure insanity. Bring that, bring a wrinkle releaser. And I completely forgot to talk about this. We have been doing laundry this whole trip. So even though we have a decent amount of clothing because we didn't pack an entire three weeks worth and, you know, a closet worth of clothing. You gotta, you gotta get in there with a little elbow grease every couple of days and scrub a dub dub. Andrew is the best and has been fully participating in the laundry process, which to be honest, I mean, the guy's pretty great. Like I'm not going to lie, complain sometimes and make jokes about him on Instagram, but he's pretty awesome. So he and I have been doing, um, bathtub laundry, sink laundry for over a week now. And, it's so easy. I mean, 
I was really anxious about throwing my I don't know, clothing in a big, I don't know. It just felt kind of like, ooh, gross. Um, you know, number one, the standards are lower when you're traveling. So we're not trying to get a, you know, a fresh press here. We're not trying to look pristine. We brought clothing that was really amenable to like hand washing and wasn't overly delicate. You know, when we're not washing fine silks in a hotel bathroom, we know this. Um, but everything is washed really well. The kids' shorts, even my daughter has a beautiful crochet tank top that I hand wash that frankly, I mean, it came out probably better with a hand wash and a line dry than it, does, than it would at home getting beat up in a basin, you know, in a, in a laundry basin or a laundry machine, a washing machine. Oh my gosh. Um, so please don't be scared of that. You can bring, and we did laundry sheets, which are just kind of come in a, a reclosable like paper package. Um, I, I didn't love those, the ones that we brought. They just didn't give enough suds. So Andrew and I ended up picking up some Italian sole, like, liquid detergent. Oh, everything sounds better with an Italian accent. We picked up a big jug of sole and we, you know, run it under like it's bat, you know, under the running water, like it's bubble bath. And we get in there and agitate the water, scrub it really well. If it's a gentle, you know, a, a delicate item of clothing, we sort of gently hand wash. Otherwise we're in there like, you know, scrubbing it up, rinse everything individually. The upside the unbearable Italian summer heat is that it dries the clothing pretty nicely. So we were those people with clothing hanging from hangers outside of our hotel room. I mean, it was like, it, talk about going back to your roots. I mean, this is exactly how my how my grandmother did laundry. And here I am all these years later. Um, the difference is it's hanging out of a hotel and we got a note that we weren't supposed to do that in Venice. They were like, Signora or please do not, signore and signore, please do not put your dirty laundry in the front. It was not the greatest look. We pretended we didn't see that out, to be honest, and we left it hanging for a little while. But um, it works really well with a wrinkle releaser. All the t-shirts were great. So those are the essential travel items to bring that I would say have saved us. Travel laundry detergent. You can pick something up if you don't like it. Stain remover, travel size of wrinkle releaser, hand steamer, and these vacuum seal bags. Cannot get better. I'm going to go before I inevitably get tapped on the shoulder again. I hope you guys are having a wonderful summer so far, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Um, follow along on Instagram. It's been really fun to, um, you know, to post about our, our comings and goings there. And I will continue to do that for the next 10 days. It's going to be great. Um, ciao. Arrivederci. Ci siamo pronti. I hope that's right. Dilly, my Italian friend, if you're listening, shoot me a text. Follow along at Instagram at Sunny Nevada, and I will see you guys soon. Ciao, ciao.